It appears that Illinois prisons are keeping some disabled inmates behind bars longer than they should because adequate housing can't be found for them. Release dates come and go, and prisoners stay behind bars. This story is being reported by public radio station WBEZ in Chicago, and we are joined now by Shannon Heffernan, criminal justice reporter with WBEZ. Shannon, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. Give us the overview on this, would you? Well, the way that uh, it works in Illinois and a lot of states is when somebody is released from prison, they're usually put on parole. We call it mandatory supervised release in Illinois. And one of the requirements of that is that you have stable housing, a place that parole officers can find you. Um, But what we found is many of the housing facilities on IDOC's housing list won't take people who have disabilities, whether that be a psychiatric disability like major depressive disorder or a physical disability like being a wheelchair user. And so because people can't find that stable housing, they end up staying in prison. They say they violated the terms of their parole before they even left the prison doors because they don't have housing. Are they kept in prison beyond the, uh, the time for which they were sentenced? Well, it depends on what you mean by sentence. Beyond the time they were sentenced to be in prison. As part of a sentence, sometimes people have this mandatory supervised release or parole that's supposed to be served in the community. So they're staying in prison longer than their sentence said they should stay in prison, but it's still part of their sentence that they're under supervised release. Whose responsibility is it to find housing for these people? So that's a great question. Um, IDOC has a section of it, the Illinois Department of Corrections has a section um, that's specifically in charge of finding people housing who can't find it. Um, But we, Illinois has not answered any of our questions about how that group operates, um, how they decide who can get funding through that to stay at a halfway house, or how they choose contracts and find the places where people can stay. Is this an issue in any case for people who are not disabled? Yes, it is. So one, one group that ends up having this issue a lot is um, people who have sex offenses on their records. Um, they have pretty strict restrictions on where they can stay, and also a lot of places won't take them. So that's, that's a, a much bigger group. Um, but we zeroed in on people with disabilities. Now, we know that there were 152 people who do not have sex offenses who were in the Illinois Department of Corrections in 2017, um, beyond the date that they were supposed to be released. We don't know how many of those people had disabilities because IDOC will not answer our questions. Do you have any, any understanding of why state officials are not responding to uh, your questions? Well, I think that there's two possible reasons. I think one is literally that they just don't know, that they've not been tracking this problem or paying attention to this problem, and there's no one looking at it or tracking it. So they just don't have the information and, and, and don't want to be clear about that. Um, I think the other is if they're, they're clear about how it works, it might put the onus on them to try to fix something, and um, maybe there's some shyness about doing that. Does the Americans with Disabilities Act work into this story at all? I mean, this seems like it could be discriminatory. Yeah, so we spoke with some folks at Equip for Equality. They're a disability rights organization, um, and we spoke to an attorney who works for them, and she says this very well may be a violation um, of the ADA. And so there may be a way that that could be used to um, make sure that these people who are in prison have equal rights to parole, essentially, um, which it appears that they may not have right now. Is there a funding issue involved in this as well, Shannon? Yeah, and there's two ways that it could be a funding issue, right? So there's the funding inside the Illinois Department of Corrections itself 
there's that group I mentioned earlier that's in charge of helping people find housing and making sure that's properly funded. Um, and that's what the Illinois Department of Corrections says needs to change. They say they need better funding for that, and they're asking the legislature for that. Um, but then there's also just funding out on the community. Illinois, as most people know, has had a big budget crisis this year. So some of the places that people might turn for housing um, may not have the capacity that they, they used to because the state's funding of those facilities has been so unreliable lately. But certainly it costs a lot more to keep someone in prison than it does to find uh, housing for them, I would think. Yeah, that's true. The lower the supervision, usually the cheaper that it is. Um, some of the lawmakers we've spoken to have been calling for changes to this say, look, it may be penny-wise, but it's pound-foolish, and the long run will end up spending more money. Um, you also have the question of are people more likely to reoffend and end, back in, end up back in prison again if they don't have this transition period and instead are just going straight from prison back to the community without the period where they may be staying at a halfway house. Well, one of the persons uh, featured in your story uh, in, impacted by this is a gentleman by the name of John Ellis. He's from Belleville. What's his story? So John Ellis was diagnosed with major depressive disorder. He received that diagnosis while he was in the Illinois Department of Corrections. And he put in to stay at a halfway house. And he spoke to the correctional officer who was supposed to help match him with facilities. And she said, look, we called eight different halfway houses. None of them will take you. And he asked why none of them would take him. And she said, it's because you have major depressive disorder and they will not take anybody who has a psychiatric diagnosis. So because of that, John Ellis ended up staying almost an entire extra year beyond the date he was supposed to be released from prison, staying behind bars. Um, that's time he could have been spending at a halfway house, and instead he was really straight into homelessness when he did get out. Is there no way to put pressure on these halfway house operations to force them to take these people? Um, well, that's a question for IDOC, right? Like, they yeah. are contracting with these people. They are deciding who they make the contracts with. And so we would need more transparency from IDOC about how that process works and how their conversations with the halfway houses are to understand better where the choke points are. And so far, IDOC has not been particularly transparent about that. And all of this is uh, occurring at a time when Illinois and most other states are trying to uh, reduce overcrowding in their prisons. That's correct. And also, uh, Governor Rauner, our governor, has been pretty clear that he would like to see um, a decrease in the prison population. So this is an area... Um, this is one area where you could decrease the population by literally just having people not in prison who aren't supposed to be there. Uh, there are no uh, ultimate numbers for all of this. I know you mentioned 150 or so that have been impacted so far, but in terms of total number affected, we don't know that. We don't know. I, I do not have that number. We do know mm -hmm. that there's um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people uh, behind bars who have sex offenses who are not able to get housing. And we know there's 152 people without sex offenses. We do not know what portion of that population has a disability and, and how big of a role the disability um, access issue is playing. In just a couple of seconds, Shannon, where does the story go from here? Well, I think that there's a couple. First of all, we would like to know how many of those 152 people have disabilities. We'd also like to have more transparency about IDOC's process for how they decide who can get funding um, to get housing help. And so far, we don't really know that. Well, I'm sure you guys will stay on it. Thank you so well, much, Shannon Heffernan from WBEZ, for being with us. Thank you. Nice to talk to you.